Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine a year where the writers of James Bond and Willy Wonka combine their powers to come up with a racist and sexist horrible movie. What movie is that, Zach? I don't think I've heard of that one before. Why, it's Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. What? Really? And the year is 1968. Welcome to Oldie But A Goodie. Oh, we're close to the season finale, and if you aren't caught up on the story arc, then this is going to be inaccessible. Just skip five <laughs> minutes. Hi, my name's Sandro, and I'm on Apollo 8. I do have to review Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, but more importantly, I'm on a mission with a bunch of American boys. Frank, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Jim, how about you? Oh, yeah, I'm here too. And my good old friend, Mr. Bill. Yeah, I'm doing all right. How are you? Yeah, you guys are all doing well. We're here in Apollo 8. We're on a mission. Absolutely. We're orbiting the moon right now, preparing for the uh, the secret mission. But first, we got to get to, you know, the, the, the uh, mission quotation marks, you know? Yeah. The public mission. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna beam some uh, some moon images down to Earth on Christmas Eve. You know, it'd be uh, it'd be fantastic. We were uh, told that Christmas Eve we would have uh, the largest audience that had ever listened to a human voice. Well, our only instructions uh, that we got from NASA was to do something appropriate. Do something appropriate, right. That's so, a direct quote from me. Well, then you better not moon them and get some <laughs> photos of the moon. Uh, yes. <laughs> and I don't mean your butt, I mean the the, the floating space rock. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, after we uh, beam some images, then we'll get on to the real mission. Uh, the real mission? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the reason you're here, because of the uh, temporal disturbances and uh, random uh, plate-like objects that we viewed on the moon here. Yes, we do believe that my arch nemesis, Harry Grindle Matthews, is on the moon. And you know what? It's the end of the year. It's Christmas time. I'm going to kill him. Whoa! I'm gonna put an end to this forever. Wow, that was surprisingly dark. I mean, I'm American. I'm all for shooting someone, but wow, that was—you just said it out loud. That's a—that's a—that's an arc in the happening right there. Some would say this is premeditated murder, but he's a bad guy, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna land on the moon as as per usual at when the landing base. As per usual, but it's not 1969 yet. You're not meant to land on the moon for another 12 months. Oh no, 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 no. That's the public landing on the moon. Oh. Yeah, that's scheduled that's scheduled a bit later on. Like this is the we've been on the moon several times. Hell, the Russians beat us here. That's true, they did. The Russians did beat us to the moon. But uh that's all part of the world government, you know. We're all working together on these things. Mm. 
keeping the public in the dark. You know, regular, regular NASA slash world government shenanigans. Yes. But that's not important. What's important is the story arc for this podcast. That's right. There are plates on the moon, and and that must mean that is that is the Harry Grindel Matthews has got to be on the moon along with Megatron. Probably he's probably there too. Oh yeah, no, we're best friends with Megatron. You're best friends with Megatron. Yeah, I've been to the pub with him like twice. I mean, it was that's great. fair. In every single Transformers movie, Optimus Prime is a murderous maniac, and oh yeah, horrible. Megatron is not as bad as he is. Look, he's got a great pub publicity team. That's all I'm saying. That's true. I do like Bumblebee though. It's my favorite war criminal. <laughs> yeah, mine too. <laughs> I love war crimes. Anyway, um, is Shia LaBeouf on the moon? I might kill him too while we're at it. Uh, no, no, he's, he's not, not born yet. We're in the 60s. <laughs> he's not born yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're thinking of in the future. How again. do you know who Shia LaBeouf is? We've seen Transformers. How? You're in the, you live in the 60s. Oh, we've got our own time traveling device back in the world government. How else would we control the population? Yeah. Anyway, uh, you've got to get on with your podcast. So uh, we've drawn straws, and yep. uh, Bill drew the uh, short straw, so he's going to be beamed in by Zach, and you're going to do your podcast. We're going to go take a big old shit, yep, space it, shit. It'll take approximately 1 to 1.4 hours yes. for you to take that shit. Uh, unfortunately, back in 1968, the uh, space toilets were not as advanced. <laughs> oh, well, good luck, um, Frank and or Jim, whoever I'm talking to. Good luck. Absolutely. I'm doing your big shit. We're practically the same person. Well, as Zach teleports into the body of Bill Anders, I'm sat here in the spaceship looking out at the great expanse of space, realizing that what I'm doing with this podcast is quite futile. Uh, uh, Never mind, Zach's here. Let's do an episode. Sorry, I heard some sort of prolonged monologue and I had to interrupt that. (laughs) Uh, Zach, we got to review Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah. Wow. I, lo- I love that movie. Let's 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 jump into re- reviewing that. I sure hope there's no racist and sexist connotations that we can pick up now that we're older and wiser, and then we wouldn't have picked up as kids because it was a different time, and it was it was subtly put in because of the time that they were in, not that they were trying to be openly racist. No, that's true. That's true. Uh, but, but but before we get into it, I'm just going to inject you with this. Ah! There we go. That's just some. What the f- it's just some anti-gravity, no, no. so now you'll be able to, uh, oh. to not, yeah. I really just put that straight into your lungs. Yeah. It's got to go directly into your lung. Yeah. Oh, why does it taste like off lemon? I don't know. Everything in the 60s tastes like off lemon. It's true. It's like, it's, I'm like having a really old sherbet lemon. Mmm, exactly. But there's something off about it. Oh, okay. All right, well, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Um, I've seen this before as a kid. How about you? Yeah, oh. I haven't seen this movie in maybe 15 years plus okay. more. Yep. I think, yeah, like 17 years, something ridiculous like that. Yeah, same. I remember watching this when I was like eight or nine. This might be the movie that I've had the longest time like that I've watched it and then haven't watched it. Mm, one of those. Yeah, for sure. I have such vague memories of this. It's it's so this was a surreal feeling for me. Okay. Um, How many times did you watch it as a kid? I think I watched it like three or four times. Three or four times. Okay. Because yeah. I only ever saw it once. So okay. Yeah. Then yeah. that would definitely be more surreal for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think I remember liking this film and like because we had it on uh, VHS. So like I watched it. 
Yeah, I think I watched it three times. Mm. Um, but like, you know, I haven't watched it in so long. I couldn't remember any of the thing. And then it was like plot point leading into plot point. I was like, oh yeah, that. Oh, 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 this is how it works. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was fun. I really enjoyed it. I thought this uh, this was great. This was everything I wanted it to be. Cool. Except maybe the racist bits. But like, you know. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, yeah. We, we've alluded to them quite a bunch. But like, <laughs> I, I think this was a great fun movie. And it might suffer a bit from its time. But like, uh, I had fun with the songs. Yes. Uh, although they were, I noticed, very repetitive. They're not just repetitive. They're also derivative of... Songs that a certain actor in this, another movie he's been in, but we'll get to that. Oh, okay. He's okay, kind of just good, good at doing good. one sort of song, I find. Mr. Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, um, but it was still fun. Yeah. And I could see how, as a kid, this would appeal to you. Oh, this is such a fun kids movie. Absolutely, absolutely. This is perfect. And it has a lot of implications. Oh, boy. Uh, there is there is two realities that this movie <laughs> exists in. And I can't wait to discuss it uh, in spoilers. In spoilers. We'll get into some pretty big depths with this one. Yeah. Okay, so you enjoyed it. I I liked most of it. I think... Okay. The second... Because, yeah, the, 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 the movies kind of split up in half. And I was expecting to find the start boring. Mm-hmm. And then the ending more interesting. But I found it the other way around. Ah. I really enjoyed the intro. And then I started to lose interest near the end of that second half. Oh, really? Just wow, okay. with all of the... Because uh, there's an extended, I guess, story time sequence in this movie. Is like what we'll say. And I don't know. Just near the end of that, I just got bored. I don't know what it was. But I think I think it's pr- it's pretty good... It's mm. fun. I like the characters. I love the songs, aside from a couple. I think they're all really good. This movie is so expensive. It's ridiculously expensive. Yeah, yeah. I was I was going to say, this movie looked like it would be expensive. The amount of effects and, like, yeah. uh, objects and other things. It, like, it looks expensive. Well, we'll get to that now. This cost about $12 million, which is a lot. Whoa! Um, and it only made about half of that back because Oof. Uh, we are now at the end of the 60s and... What happened at the end of the 60s, very similar to what's happening now with big budget movies, movies are too expensive. Yeah. And no one, like, people are going to go see them, but but they're too expensive to make a profit anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, even if, like, everyone went and saw the movie. Yes. Like, there's not enough people in the world going to see films to make a profit for a film like that. Yeah. Exactly. Like, for every Marvel movie or Indiana Jones movie to make a profit, they need to make a billion dollars. Not every movie is going to make a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. So everything is bombing. Everything's (laughs) bombing. And that is what happened in the 60s. Everything bombed because movies were too expensive. Yeah, yeah. They just, they went too ham. Yeah. Uh, Which is... I'd say it's an interesting conundrum, right? On one hand, I'm like, just don't spend as much money on your movies, idiots. But on the other hand, I want... It's not like I want them to bomb, but I want them to spend as much money as possible to make the best movies possible, right? Because they look good and they sound good. Yeah. And yeah, the yeah. acting's great. Yeah, of course. Like, you want movies to be expensive. It's just... It's just... It's a, it's a, it's a funny situation. If it, Yeah. So, yeah, that kind of happened in the 60s. And then in the 70s, the independent kind of wave took over. So, like, your George Lucas's, your Martin Scorsese's, your Spielberg's came in, made cheap movies... And that kind of became the thing. And they did really well. Yeah. And then they got 
the money funding, which led to them overspending. Exactly. And then it got bigger and bigger and bigger until we're in 2023 and now everything's expensive again. Yes, yeah. We're going to hit some sort of wall. It's going to go back down to being really cheap for like a few years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, just like the housing market. <laughs> exactly. It's the movie bubble. It's the movie bubble. Yeah. God, I hope the housing market pops soon. Yeah. Uh, anyway. But yeah, I, I, I thought this movie was pretty fun. I, I mostly I mostly enjoyed it. I think it's just, I don't know, maybe it's too long. I think I found it was too long as a kid too. I don't know. It's, it's definitely long. Did you take a break during the interlude? No, I went straight through. Yeah, yeah. I took a break during the interlude. I think that helps. I also want to live in a canon world where the interlude ends. That's the end of the movie. (laughs) We'll we'll get to that in spoilers, but uh, I think that would be very funny to me. I agree. Um, I want to exist in a world where that's just the end of the fucking movie. But no, the interlude. There's like an intermission in the middle of the film, and I took a break, and I definitely feel like that helped the viewing experience. Yeah, I unfortunately did not have time to take a break, so I had to just power through. As podcasters, like I feel like this won't affect. The, the average Joe, you know, but as podcasters, we, we're watching movies every week. We're smashing yes. these out. We've got so deadlines like, for when we need to finish the movies. Absolutely. We take this deadly serious. We do. We don't constantly reschedule episodes. We're <laughs> yeah, yeah. This very is a, seriously. Th- this is a business, and we don't actually care about any movies. We, we've never liked movies, and therefore we, we don't enjoy wasting any amount of time on anything. Absolutely um, But this one is, like, nearly two and a half hours long yes two hours 20 yeah yeah so it's 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 definitely uh one of the longer ones mm. but i i think i managed to enjoy most of it i didn't i didn't feel like any part lulled for me particularly but i think definitely taking a little break in the interlude definitely helped me yeah yeah i think i probably should have done that um unfortunately i did not but yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to, the crew behind this movie is fascinating. So this is based off a book called Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, The Magical Car, written by Ian Fleming, you know, obviously the creator of James Bond. Mm. This is, I think it's the last book he ever wrote because he died the same year it came out in 1964. He had a heart attack and then was like, I will write kids book now. Wow. This changed my perspective on things. So yeah, he wrote like a kid's book, but the book has nothing to do with the movie. Well, oh, okay. I was going to say, that's nice that he like decided to do a child's book and managed to make one before he died. Yes, he did manage to get one in, but uh, yeah, it's like, it's more of like, uh, it's like a car and Catarus, or however the fuck you say his name, Mr. Potts, he is the main character, yeah. but it's like, he's like going up against gangsters or something. It's still Whoa. kind of like a spy thing. Oh, okay. Interesting. Is it more like it's a race car then? More emphasis on the race car side of things, maybe? Uh, I don't know. I don't, it, yeah, I think so. Maybe. It was initially a race car in the book as well, just like the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I thought. And I was just trying to think of, like, what in the movie was, like, put in there, but sort of not important later. And I'm like, the race car part, it being really fast. Yeah. Didn't really come into fruition. Like, it's, it's obviously... The movie's about the car, and it's a really good car, but it being fast wasn't ever important for the film. Yes. Whereas it might be for the books. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, yeah, the... the uh, yeah, like, some beats are the, the same. The, um, 
the lollies he makes is the same. Oh, inter- interesting. That's the same, but he's fighting gangsters. Yeah, but he's fighting gangsters. Uh, the romantic lead isn't a thing in the book, which is interesting because her name in the movie is straight out of a James Bond novel. Yeah. So I would expect that to be made up by <laughs> yeah. Ian Fleming. Yeah, that is that is funny, actually. Now that you say that, I'm like, oh, yeah, truly scrumptious. Yeah. yeah truly oh, scrumptious. God. Uh, just hilarious. I cracked up as soon as that was revealed <laughs> to be her name. I was like, of course her name is fucking truly scrumptious. <laughs> that is... God damn it. Yeah. Oh, dear. But no, I guess that was made up by the people who wrote the movie, uh, one of which is the directors, Mr. Ken Hughes, who we did his movie last week. We did Casino Royale. He made the Casino Royale parody film. That was him. Yep. (laughs) But I think most iconically is the fact that, yeah, the screenplay is written by Roald Dahl. Roald Dahl. Who wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, James and the Giant Peach, The Witches, Fantastic Mr. Fox, BFG, The Twits. Fantastic Mr. Fox? That's an amazing movie. He wrote all those books, and they, do they hold up well? Kinda, but like he he wrote he wrote this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. Fantastic, Mr. Fox. I hope we get to do that movie one day because that's a that's a really nice movie. That's the a, animated one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The animated uh, one. Oh man, that's a that's a banger of a movie. I haven't seen that one in like fifteen years. So like that. That that's a great movie. So thinking about that, that's really interesting that he wrote this one as well. Yeah, he helped write the screenplay of this, which I yeah, I just find that really uh, but it makes sense considering some of the darker aspects in the story portion yeah, of yeah. this movie. This is this is absolutely like the Willy Wonka, it's like haha funny kids film, but also dark. Yeah. But also uh, incredibly dangerous. Is that child dead? Yeah. It's really and then also like um, we'll get to the child catcher character later and how mm. borderline anti-Semitic it is, but yeah. the design of it is straight out of a Roald Dahl book. Like, yeah. all his characters who are meant to be evil, they look like that. Which, yes, means that Roald Dahl was probably a bit racist, but, you know. Yeah, but who wasn't back then, you know? Everyone's just a little bit racist. Exactly. What's- yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it, it it definitely, you can tell it suffers a little bit from its time. I don't think it, like, the thing is, I don't think it's openly racist. It's it's unintentionally qu- a bit racist, yeah. Yeah, which, you know, it's the, it's the 60s. You, I don't want to say that you have to expect that, but, you you know, you, you, yeah. you kind of do <laughs> with older movies. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a bit unfortunate. It was a different time. It was a different time. But yeah, we'll get into it later. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the people who wrote the music, um, a lot of the same team behind Mary Poppins, which makes sense because, of course, Dick Van Dyke was in this. It does feel very Mary Poppins. And they also helped write Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, which I always get confused with Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Because mm. that's the flying bed movie oh okay i don't know if i've seen that one it's a it's a fever dream i don't ever want to watch it again but we can if you want (laughs) but yeah it's a lot of the same people behind that but my fun fact zach my big fun fact is that the design of the car the design of chitty chitty bang bang Mm. was made by people who before this Mainly made monsters for Doctor Who. Whoa! Yeah! Oh, it's a Dalek car! <laughs> it's a Dalek I car. I knew something about it was like, 
that that reminds me of something. It's a Dalek car. It does look like an old-fashioned Dalek yeah. that's been made into a car. That's funny. They helped design and build a lot of Doctor Who monsters in the 60s. And then they went on ah, to do cool. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and then other like popular movies after that, which is really cool. It's a really nice car. I'm just going to... I'm going to... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. That's a, that's a nice looking. That's a cool car. I love it. It's got like the boat. And yeah, the oh. area you sit in. It's yeah. so cool. The, the, the uh, slight spoiler. Not really. The scene where he's like he's carrying a boat. And then maybe half an hour later, I was looking at the car when it drove away and it has like the back of the boat there. And I'm like, oh, there's the boat. <laughs> yeah. There's the boat part. I was like, because he lifted the boat at some point. And I'm like, that's a dumb scene. And then like <laughs> later on, I looked at the back of the car and the back of the car has like a little boat bit. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. And I was like, that's great. That's great. It's really cool. I love the design of the car. It reminds me a bit of... um broom as well the that old tv show broom 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 oh okay brom it's brom not brew don't worry i i said it correctly but uh yeah i i definitely like that i i like how it's like their imagining of an all-terrain vehicle because mm. you've got that little back of a boat it's got like some wings you know uh and then of course it's a car so it's like their early idea of what a uh, all-terrain might be, and so they added like some all-terrain features of it, and I think that's that's pretty great. Yeah, no, definitely. Ah, uh, in terms of casting, we got Mr. Dick Van Dyke as Mr. Potts, ah, oh. the absent-minded professor of the movie. <laughs> Man, I love the absent-minded professor trope. It's just everywhere. <laughs> it is. It's just, it's just goddamn everywhere. It's like, well, people seem to like this absent-minded professor character. Let's put him in every fucking movie. That's right. But he is very endearing, and it is, it is fun. Oh, he's a great actor. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. very, like, you know, Mary Poppins. Uh, I think he's even in Night at the Museum as well. I think he shows up in that for a bit. Really, really? Oh, I'd have to go back and watch that. That's great. He's pretty fun. I I have slight criticisms more towards the production of his musical numbers. Ah, okay. In that you can tell as soon as it becomes a studio recording. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say <laughs> I heard it, and I'm I'm not some fancy schmancy audio engineer, but like the mid sentence click yeah. where it turns from them talking to them singing. Yeah, and like you could visibly like well not visibly, but you can audibly like hear the the click, and then you can see the like non-match the lip sync not quite working and i was like ha this is funny sandra's gonna like that <laughs> it um, was so it took me out of it just so much yeah but in a funny way uh, like he's great i think he's a better dancer than he is a singer i love his dancing i was going to say my favorite part was his dancing yeah and i really loved the dancing scenes especially the um the the bamboo the like stick one that one is a highlight for me even though the song is identical to the chimney sweep song from mary poppins oh, it's the yeah. same song but it is such it's such a banger it's so much fun yeah 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 it was it was great i love i love that whole scene but we'll we'll get into it but yeah he's 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 very good dancing yes uh very charismatic uh, very uh, misogynistic and doesn't apologize. That's my one gripe with his character. He never apologizes. No. The entire film, he doesn't apologize for literally anything at any point. It's almost like he's a bit of a dick. <laughs> oh, Van Dyke! Um, <laughs> 
Yeah. Got him. I like, uh, my favorite thing is how he's American for no reason and everyone else in the movie is British, purely because he can't do a British accent as we <laughs> saw in Mary Poppins. He just can't do one. So they just didn't make him try, which I find very funny. That is very funny. I mean... We don't know when he's from. His father worked for the military, so he could have been all around. It's all it all makes sense, Adra, if you look into the context of things. Yeah, because his father's meant to be like it's like a South African accent, I think, is what he's doing. Uh, it's like yeah. British cross with South Africa. I think it, it yeah, it's that. It's like British South African where he was like on site or something. Yeah. Yeah. He, do, he does like a weird accent throughout the film, which is kind of fun. I don't know. The the fun fact though, Zach, is uh he was m- meant to be his father, right? Yeah, he's playing Dick Van Dyke's father. Yep, but Dick Van Dyke is one year older than him. Oh, what? <laughs> they are. <laughs> That's funny. Pretty much the same age. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, but Dick Van Dyke's older than the guy who played wow, his father, which wow. I find again very funny. <laughs> that is that is very funny. Uh, the makeup crew did did a good job on that one. Then I I didn't pick up on that. That's very good. I do like the grandpa. His performances. He gets a song. Yeah, he gets a song. It's great. He's he's great. He is the the unsung hero mm. of the uh, British corporal. We yeah, we got the Bond girl of the movie <laughs> is truly scrumptious. Uh, hilarious <laughs> name. So funny. I can't I can't underhear it being just like a Bond girl <laughs> now. Now that you've said that, truly scrumptious. It's just like ah, oh, god damn it. Um, originally, Julie Andrews was going to play that, who is, of course, Mary Poppins. She was going to play ah. Shirley Scrumptious, but she turned it down. Uh, and yeah, we, we've got, uh, Sally Ann Howes, who is fine. Yeah, she's, she's good. I think she's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she gets, uh, a solo mm. at one point, and I think she, she, is she singing? That that's that's a question I had for you because they obviously do the audio cuts where they cut to actual singing audio. Yeah, is it is it the actors in a studio singing or did they hire different people to do the singing? I can't see. I think it's them. I think it is them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It must be them singing it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you would know it would credit different people. Yeah, I can't see credits for anyone else here. Yeah. So it, it look it sounds. Sounded like them singing. Yes, it was just different audio. Um, so no, that's it's very interesting. Uh, we famously not we you famously dislike child actors. Um, that is true. If 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 I was in charge of Bulgaria, it would be exactly the same. Would be no exactly children the same. There would be no children. I would I would rat catch them and throw them in the dungeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but uh yeah, I thought the two two young actors were quite good. Yeah. They they were cute. Mm. They were very cute children. Um but like their their lip syncing was the worst. It was pretty terrible. <laughs> Yeah, but that that was funny to me. That wasn't that wasn't like jarring or bad or anything. I just thought it was funny because of like, yeah, they're kids. Like it's gonna be hard to get them to lip sync, you know? Yeah. Honestly, and I hate to say it, their song is the worst song in the whole movie. <laughs> I I don't know. You you you're okay. That's your worst song. Maybe there's a couple songs in here that I don't like, but I think their one was truly squam. I'm like, shut up, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was that one was pretty bad. <laughs> I think that that like emphasizing that dumb name over and over again was pretty bad. That was bad, and then also the fact that they tell her to fall in love with their dad, so she does. 
I'm like, all right. Oh, absolutely, they're emotionally blackmailing. But I'm all for emotionally blackmailing. I'm pro-emotional blackmail from children. Actually, yeah, they actually did some good acting with the kids. I think the kids actually were quite good actors with, like, I'm thinking of the start of the movie where they come in and they're, like, they're, like, coddling their their dad. You know, oh, you're doing fine, dad, you know, as the dad's, like, desperately trying to, like, get them some food and other things. And they're, like, it's you two and me or something, that song. I think that was a good one. I like that one. No, I quite like them. There's not much information about them as actors aside from the fact that the kid who played Jeremy was the principal of some sort of um, school, I think. But then he had to resign because everyone said he was racist. Oh, nice. Well, at least he kept the legacy alive. Indeed. The only other person to, to mention who's in this is the toy maker. Mm. Don't know if you noticed this, Zach. The toy maker is played by Benny Hill. Who? It's that guy. It's that guy. Whoa. He's in the movie. What? Yeah. No, I definitely did not notice that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's he came up with the Betty Hill theme. Well, the bet like his name is Benny Hill, and the song comes from his TV show that was airing at the time. Ah, oh, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so wow, wow. There you go. It's pretty cool. That's like a fun, like uh, more than a cameo, but like you know, like actor role there. That's that's cool. I like that. Oh my god, the guy who played the child catcher is an Australian ballet dancer. Whoa, <laughs> that's so random. Hog. That is really random. That is so random. Anyway. I hate Australian ballet dancers. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the fun fact is that we both did ballet. What? That's, uh, that's the joke. What? We didn't meet at ballet and that's how we became friends? <laughs> that's crazy. Anyway, we should move on to spoilers because I want to talk about this movie a bit more. Uh, Zach, is this an oldie or a goodie? This is a goodie for me. Mm. This is a this is a good one for the kids. I think... I think I wouldn't actively go watch this again, but if I had kids around, if I had, if I had captured some more kids for my dungeon, I'd absolutely show them uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I agree. <laughs> I, I'm going to give it a goodie. I think it's fun. Um, if I captured some kids, I'd show them this. Yeah, absolutely. The, <laughs> I don't think it's... Apparently, the child catcher scared a lot of kids. I don't really find him scary. I don't think I found him scary as a kid. Yeah, I, I, I could I could see that. This is a great one for early on teaching them about stranger danger. Yeah, it's a good stranger danger. That's true. This is definitely like a this 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 has the the most blatant stranger danger message I've ever seen. So yeah, I like the music as well. I would love to see a stage version of this if it ever comes to Australia. Yeah, a stage version I feel would would make this even better. I really like a lot of the songs. I think it's fun. It's kind of riding off the coattails of Mary Poppins. Doesn't do as good a job. But uh, is still pretty fun. And my thing with this movie is like, what is the point of it? You know, what is the point of the movie? What is the message? What is the story even? And we'll get to that in spoilers because I don't think it has one. But we'll get to. I, I think it's like a message of you can be happy even if you're poor, but also uh, even if you're poor, you'll just get lucky and get rich. So don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it's the same as Willy Wonka. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Just get lucky, lol. If you're if you're nice, kind people, you'll get lucky. And the fact that you haven't gotten lucky yet means you're a bad person. Exactly. Yeah. Well, howdy there. It's me, Selly McSeller, and I got another podcast ad for you. Now, you might look at me and think, yee that there is an American who loves his rock and roll. 
loves this sort of music with the guitars in them. And while it's true, while I do enjoy a good rock song, I also love the opera. I go to the opera all the time, and that's why I'm absolutely jazzed to see the Sandro and Zach are reviewing a movie called Opera. Here's a clip. And we see a maid. She's carrying a bunch of plates. She walks upstairs. The plates crash. And everyone's like, <laughs> told you she was carrying too many plates. <laughs> Nothing bad happened there. We're not going to go help the mage no. now that we've heard her crash. No, we're just going to leave. I'm like, what? At least go help the fucking maid, which is clearly like, you know, dropped some shit or something. Yeah, like worst case scenario, she was murdered. That's what happened. Best case yeah. scenario, she fell over and she's old. Like, help her. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> fucking assholes. Anyway. Oh, wait a second. The movie's about murder. Well, that's very rock and roll. So if you like opera and rock and roll like me, go to patreon.com forward slash oldie but a goodie pod and get that bonus episode right now on the movie opera. You can also get ad free and early episodes too. Yeehaw! Alright, let's get into spoiler details. Spoiler details. Let's cut the movie in half and talk about the first half of the movie and then the second half, I think. That's true, because that's how I want. uh, I will remember this film is at the end of the first half. That's the end of the movie. Right, they fall off a cliff and die. Yeah, they fall off a cliff and die. That's my canon ending for this movie, is them driving off a cliff and just fucking dying. And that's the end of the film. It is one of the funniest cuts to an intermission I've ever seen. Just- yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was not expecting them to cut there. I was like, what? That's a great, like, cliffhanger. <laughs> Literal cliffhanger right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. They're in the car. They're chasing after uh, a Zeppelin that has kidnapped the granddad. And they just drive off a cliff. <laughs> Whoa, but Sandro, how did we get here? Okay, so this movie's set in uh, the 1910s, apparently. 1910s. Because um, we see in 1909, the British Grand Prix. Yes. Is going. And we see some... It opens up with a, a car. A, a, less of a race, more of a rally. Definitely more rallying because we got a lot of crashing cars. You got cr- cars careering off the, the road, crashing here and there, stopping, starting, going. Um, but we see... I think it's number three mm-hmm. is the uh, car we see. It wins. It wins. It wins. Yep. It nearly hits a girl and a dog. It crashes. It burns. The amount of kids that are almost run over in the first five <laughs> minutes of this movie... Three kids are almost killed, straight off the bat. There's your message for this movie. Don't run onto the road (laughs) unless you want to find your dad's future wife. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Uh, Because, yeah, no, kids nearly die from car crashes multiple times in this film. The car that is being driven, uh, the car that we're following that keeps winning, uh, careens off, explodes, and then we cut through that car. Very dramatically lights on fire. Very dramatically, which, which is hilarious. Like, all the other cars like go off the road and they like crash or they collapse and it's all like oh fine this one goes off the road almost exactly the same and they burst into flames yeah, i'm like yeah. oh shit and then it crashes um and then we cut a couple years later that car is in a scrapyard what a good smash cut by the way i really liked it oh yeah yeah i also liked how yeah we had the opening credits of the movie while stuff was happening yeah i i do always appreciate when we're like able to view something while the credits are playing, you know? Yeah, which I don't think we've really had this year. We've just kind of had the credits and then the movie starts. I think we're starting to get 
a bit more into the modern day. Uh, by the way, uh, I'm going to say it was a crash cut, not a smash <laughs> cut. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I laughed into my my drink bottle. I know. So funny. <laughs> Two kids are on the car and they're like, we love the kids, daddy. Oh, we, we love, love the cars. We love the Ooh. car in it. We love going vroom vroom in the car. Woof, woof. I don't know why I'm a dog, but I am. <laughs> well, the dog's there, I think. I think the dog's there, yeah. Ah, oh, but the, the mean old scrapyard <laughs> man's scrap there. Yard. And he's like, oh, I'm going to buy your car and then I'm going to fuck it up. I'm going to fuck it up. I'm going to kill your car. I'm going to kill your car and you better hope I don't kill you because I'm going to kill your car. I'm going to smash it up and melt it down into metal. Now, you're doing a bit, but that is what he says, essentially. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's pretty much. He's like, you're going to kill your car. And he's like... Well, you're lucky I'm not going to kill you. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, Junkyard <laughs> Man, you're going hard. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he doesn't come back, I don't think, right? No, he, he never comes back, this guy. He's just a really mean junkyard collector. And then, yeah, the first half of the movie is they go to Dick Van Dyke and are like, we want to buy the car off the guy. Daddy, daddy, buy me a car. We said that you would pay 30 shillings. And he's like, what? <laughs> 30 shillings? 30 shillings? Oh, I sound geez. weirdly dubbed over through the whole movie because I'm the only one with an American accent. So it's very odd at first. Lol. But 30 shillings, children, what do you mean? Uh, we also have the introduction of Truly Scrumptious as the kids run out onto the road. Yes. They almost get run over. She she crashes into a lake. Uh, don't worry, that lake will be coming back several times. She crashes into the the lake. I thought it was more of a bog, personally. Uh, yeah, she, she crashes into it like three or four times in the film. It, it's quite funny. It is good. And it's the same shot every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I like that. I, I liked that. I liked the line where um, she like, she yes, yeah, she drops the kids back home. Uh, gets in an argument with the dad because she immediately tells him how to raise his kids and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, but she's also, like, concerned as well. Oh, like, 100% she should be concerned. This guy's trying to kill himself with rockets constantly. Absolutely. While his kids are running feral, he's fucking blasting uh, rockets around and building wacky inventions and other things. Yeah, we never see them in school. No, no, at no point. So she's... I would say she's justified in being worried about these kids. Yeah. And I think she's quite nice. Uh, she's been very kind. She drove his kids to there. And, like, then he is maybe one of the rudest gentlemen I've ever seen. Yeah, he's pretty rude. He says this line when she goes to start her car. He says, well, if women are going to drive motor cars around, they should learn how to operate them correctly. Wow. I was like, oh, my God. Whoa, you can't say that. You can't say that. That's so rude. My next my next note was, okay, yeah, it makes sense that Ian Fleming wrote this. Because I was like, this is sexist. James Bond. Makes sense. <laughs> Lol. It's funny because that's sexist as well. But yeah, th then uh, he tries to start the car and he also fails to start the car. And then she goes to laugh at him, but he's like, start the bloody thing <laughs> first and then it will work. And then she's like, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he, like, he's very... I don't know. He's like weaponizing his like his like his incompetence so much that he's like um he's like well my if my kids had a mum they'd be fine but they don't so I'm just gonna let them fuck around. 
it's not my fault. It's the fault of the mother who doesn't exist. Therefore, it's not my fault. Exactly. Yeah, this absent-minded professor cliche has just gotten so, so prevalent now. Yeah, my my one gripe with the film is he never apologizes. He literally never apologizes. No. And it, it makes me mad that he got away with such bullshittery and never apologized because, yeah... He, he, he should apologize for being a dickwad. But the movie doesn't see him being a sexist asshole as, like, a bad thing. More of just, like, he's an endearing, lovable idiot, right? And, and she learns to love him as is, as a sexist, lovable idiot, you know? And it's like, no! He should learn to grow from that and be like, hey, I'm sorry about that. Can we, can we, like, now I see that you're a good person. I want to be with you. I apologize. Can you forgive my horrible action? But no, the movie doesn't view it as horrible actions. You want Truly Scrumptious to have a character and stand up for herself? Yes. You want her to not be the love interest to a guy who sucks? Yes. Zach, you're watching the wrong movie by the wrong people. Yes. <laughs> this is a James Bond movie in disguise. It's true. So he invents, like, he's like, I need to make money. So he makes a lolly that's got holes in it that accidentally he finds. You can whistle into that. Make a little whistle, a candy whistle. Yeah, because we see her, she actually knows something about sweets. So she's like, oh, you've got the machine set too high to heart. And he's like, what do you know about sweets? And she's like, well, actually, and he's like, shut up, woman. (laughs) That is what he says. But then later on, uh, the dog picks up the the sweet and whistles through it, which I didn't pick up on uh, till the the end. They actually have like a, a callback to that because the dog likes the sweet. Mm. Yeah, keep that in mind to the very end of the film. You're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I picked up and I'm like, whoa, that's a very shotgun on the mantelpiece that I didn't realize they would do. But yeah, anyway, the dog blows through it and it makes a whistling sound. And it's like, oh, you're a genius dog. We can use these as whistles. Exactly. I'm going to go to the local sweet factory and sell them. Yeah, he goes to Willy Wonka. He yep. goes to capitalist Willy Wonka. And Willy capitalist- Wonka, but he's a capitalist. Yeah. Yes. Willy Wonka is a- Anyway, uh, he goes to Willy Wonka and tries to sell it, but he realizes, oh my God, Mr. Lord Scrumptious is the dad of Truly Scrumptious. Bum, bum, bum. Oh my god. And she likes him now, so she gives him a chance. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, because she harbors literally zero ill will, and it's just like, I'm immediately on your side again, even though you haven't apologized for me for all your awfulness. Um, and she helps him uh, get an interview with, with Lord, Lord Scrumptious. Scrumptious. But he... He fucks it up. He goes to play the whistle just as the tasting time alarm goes off. So Lord Scrumptious doesn't hear the the whistle and he says the classic line, too late, had your chance, muffed it. (laughs) I was like, in a kid's movie? Oof. Yeah, that's pretty great. I I liked that because he said 20 seconds and that, because it was 20 seconds to the tasting time, obviously. But then, yeah, the 20 seconds is up and it did toot. And I thought that was quite good. Uh, then we get the song Toot Sweets, which is massive musical number. Everyone's dancing. Everyone's talking about how great these sweets are. Yeah, I love uh, my my favorite trope of all musicals is like the random other people getting in on the, the song. <laughs> yes. And like yes. they they immediately are like, oh, yeah, Toot Sweets are the best. Yeah. 
Like, they've never seen these before, never used them before, you know, that sort of thing. But this one really felt like these just random people are like, oh, yeah, Toot Sweets, we're all about them. Yep. And uh, we have a great musical number with Toot Sweets. That's good. It's fun. I I really I I really enjoy this song. It's good. I like I like when he starts conducting them and he, they have their own little crowds and he, like, points to one and they toot. But they have, like, a specific tune that they toot to so he can, like, play them like an instrument. I love that. And uh, all of the tooting from the whistles, though, is drawing the attention of every dog in town as they all rush the factory. No! They're dog toot whistles! No! They're dog toot whistles! Which is fine, because that's what they sell them as later, as toys for dogs. What? Spoilers! <laughs> Which I find funny. It comes back later. It's good fun. Yeah, it comes back later, but also it comes back to the start of the film where the, the dog liked the sweet specifically. So I was like, oh, wait, yeah, because I remember at the start, the dog tries to eat the sweet because it makes a great dog sweet. And my mind was blown. But also, it's funny because everything up to that point was going well. It's like, oh, they sold the sweets to the, the man. He likes them. But in the end, all the dogs attacking, it's like, oh, it didn't work out in the end. I liked that the song, even though it was like the cheery song where everything went right, it ended poorly. Yes. Which yes. subverted my expectations a little bit. Uh, we get another musical number after that. He sings a lullaby to the kids called Hushaby Mountain, which I think is my favorite song in the movie. Ooh, okay. I really like this song. And I've seen this song performed in cabarets and stuff, like outside of the movie. And I think it's mm. it's just a really well-written song. I don't know. I really like it. It's fun. Kind of sinister a little bit. You can kind of twist it a little bit, make it a bit dark and evil if you want. Oh, in our remake, we can make this very evil. Absolutely. It's about a psychomaniac. I really like the song, and I think uh, he sings it pretty well. It's a good track. It's a good track. Um, he goes to the carnival <laughs> with a haircutting machine that goes terribly wrong. I, I, I remember the haircutting machine. That's like one of my distinct memories as a child, mm. this haircutting machine. I'm wondering how the fuck it worked. <laughs> I don't... I think it just burns you. Mm. Just, like, slowly burns the hair off. I don't know. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Well, yeah, yeah. It, like, has specific, like, heating plates or something. Anyway, he uh, he tries to cut a man's hair. And, of course, it's, like, the biggest man at the carnival. And yep. he cuts his hair. But everything goes wrong because he gets distracted. And he starts pedaling too fast. Yeah, pedaling too fast. Burns a hole. And it overheats the machine. And it gives him a... Gives him a bad haircut. Gives him a dumb haircut. He looks dumb. It's like a mixture between a mohawk and a bowl cut from the 80s. It's like yeah, somewhere yeah, in the yeah. middle. <laughs> it's, it's bad. It's, it's real bad. bad. It's like, it's combos like two really bad haircuts together, which is great. Uh, and then you get chased around the carnival. By the way, I just want to say carnivals in movies in the 60s. It's my favorite. Whoa. I love carnivals in movies in the 60s. I don't like current... Like, old-timey carnivals in movies, they're fine, a bit overdone. But carnivals in movies in the 60s, they, uh, they just hit different. I love it. I wish I was there. I want to I wanna throw a sponge at a man. I love it. It's yeah. good fun. It's because there's no OSHA to, for safety. So they can, <laughs> exactly. they can literally do whatever the fuck they want. They can make up anything. They can sell snake oil. They can... <laughs> they literally do. <laughs> they can, like, have no safety precautions. You can fucking dunk on a clown. Like, just go ham. They can do whatever. And it was just, it was just fun. Yeah. 
So he's failed to get money through the haircutting machine, but he just happens to get lucky and get money through performing in the comedy troupe uh, while he's trying to run away from the guy who he gave a haircut to. Yeah, he gets caught up in their thing and he can't leave, otherwise he'll get bashed up by the by the uh, guy upset as his haircut. So he just jumps into a performance and then is like the star lead of the performance and they all kind of follow his lead and the other performers give him their money but the song that they they do is me old bamboo which i feel like is an australian song but it's not at all yeah but it's kind of sung in like an australian-ish accent i think maybe kind of it's funny i feel like you're projecting sandra maybe i am (laughs) apparently though Dick Van Dyke, he said that this is the most hard dancing that he had ever done. This was the most wow. difficult to learn that he ever did. So it was, it was, it was really well choreographed. So like this looked difficult mm. because he had to pretend that he didn't know what he was doing, but he also then had to follow their movements, but like a step behind as well. Yeah. But then also he was. He was also doing it with them as well, and, like, jumping in and out, and you also had the bamboo and everything. It was, like, it was very impressive. It's really good. It's it's a really good song. It's really fun. Um, I think it's a close second is my favorite song in this show. I think this is my favorite. This okay. is my favorite. Uh, he then gets the money, he buys the car, he fixes it up, they name it Chitty Chitty Bang Bang because the engine is fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a fucked engine. He's just done it wrong. Yeah. But, like, when they turned it on, it went... I was like, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang! I did it. I pointed to the screen. I, I soy jacked. I was like, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang! You did. But then, but then, but then actually, uh, at one point, it does go bang bang like the exhaust point explodes which means there's a fuel leakage that's what it means like yeah yeah oh 100 the car's gonna blow up yeah like i don't think they need to get that fixed i think maybe the fumes of the fuel leakage is what causes them to have the weird dreams and shit ah that's your that's your that's your canon theory that's fair that's fair i don't think they ever left the garage and they're stuck in there slowly dying (laughs) we get the uh the title song Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the song. Yes. It's pretty good. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, we love you. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, we love you. Which is pretty fun. I like that one. That's probably my second favorite. Yeah. Just because it's the the title song. It's Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. It's interesting because that memory didn't hold up. I didn't remember what the like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang song was. Oh, okay. That was the one that I did remember. So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, like I had a vague memory of it, but this didn't. It was like a different tune in my head, which was interesting. They pick up Trilly Scrumptious and go to the beach, and then the kids sing at her about how much they want her to be her their mum. Yeah, and I don't like this song. I think it's really bad. I like emotional blackmail. I think it's great. I think they go to the beach and they have a great time and they're like, because we had a great time, you need to be our mum now. Chick, chick. You're our mum now. We get a quote where the kids are like, it's so fun that you came with us. It's so much more fun having two grown-ups. I'm like, what the the fuck is this? That was was really funny. I was like, whoa, whoa, you're throwing her in the deep end. She is literally being manipulated. She's being manipulated by the dad. She's being manipulated by the kids and we also get the quote where i think the kids are like well once you kiss our dad you got to marry him and i was like that's kind of funny because james bond yep you know so yep 
It's all emotional blackmail. And it manipulates people in real life that, that watch this movie. They were like, you know, like once you kiss someone, you got to marry them. Like that probably affected real life people. And we we're like, oh, this is how love works, you know? It's very bad. This is definitely my least favorite song as well. <laughs> it's, it's not a good song. I'm just going to point this out. This is because it also has like the child singing. And they're not bad. They are bad, but it sounds like Peppa Pig. Yeah, and it's not a <laughs> great song. No. That being a bad song does not do it any favors. Then they ask the dad to tell them a story. And then the movie turns into a fantasy movie. Or. Does it, Sandro? That's the question. That is the question, because uh, we'll jump to the very end of the movie. They wrap up the story. We see them back on the beach, but then the car flies later. Yes. The car does fly. Yes. So is this a story? I don't know. Or is this a magic car, Sandro? I think they're dying because of a gas leakage and they're all been poisoned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your theory that they're huffing fumes and hallucinating is a great theory. That's my, that's my theory. Because <laughs> uh, for me, there was two options. Either it is just a dream sequence, like a story that he to- tells. And, you know, once the story comes to an end, they go back and they, they finish the movie, whatever. Or the other option is it's a magic car. And as a kid, my kid, my child brain immediately was like, okay, this is a magic car. This is all happening for real. As an adult, I was like, oh, this is ambiguous. Well, not ambiguous. This is a story he's telling. Yes. It's not real. And that, that was like, I was like, oh, I thought this was a magical car. But no, in the movie canon, he's just telling a story. Yeah. Well, because, because we see him stop telling the story on the beach though so if that scene wasn't in there i'm fine with it being ambiguous and like maybe he was yeah maybe it is real but we do see him finish the story which i think kind of no but here's the thing right it could have still just been car magic to magically port them back to the situation that started with them yeah maybe for the sake of their sanity Mm. It happened, but the car then tricked them into thinking it was a story yes. and erased their memories. Correct. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the car is actually magical and sends them on this magical story to, like, you know, thank them, to be like, hey, here's a magical adventure for you, you know? Yeah. Well, what the magical story is, is the Germans be crazy. <laughs> Germans be crazy. The Germans, they're bad guys. <laughs> well, it's not Germans. It's generic, like, foreigners. Bulgaria. Vol- from Bulgaria. <laughs> Bulgaria is very funny, uh, by the way. And that is very dumb, very stupid, uh, because uh, they have the airship and it's Volgair. Because they are Volgair. <laughs> it's like uh, like a French person calling you Volga. You are Volgair. And, um, I spit on you, and, um... Yeah, I spit on you. You are vulgar. Baron Bomburst, the leader of Bulgaria, he wants to steal Chitty Chitty Bang Bang because it's a great car. I, I, I love Boomer Uncle Vernon. The, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw him. He looked a bit like uh, Uncle Vernon, uh, which was very funny because he is kind of like an Uncle Vernon-esque character. Oh, he plays Goldfinger in Goldfinger. He's the bad guy in Goldfinger. Oh, nice, nice. There you go, there you go. He He's he's very good as this, like, boomer slash child man. Um, He is actually German, and uh, as a teenager, he did join the Nazi party. I, he was probably forced to. Whoa. He was forced to. You know what? You know what? It happens. Sometimes, you, you, sometimes you're like, hey, that... 
that was a fun actor, and sometimes they're a Nazi, you know? It doesn't say if he liked them or not, or, <laughs> or if he was just drafted and forced to do it, but... Uh, yeah, because there is those people. His movies are banned in Israel, so... Woof. Wish I looked that up before we started recording. Hey, look, you know what? It makes sense, because, I mean... It's not like this This movie isn't a bit anti-Semitic, so... Okay, well, this is the thing with the movie. So we go to Bulgaria, and there's no kids, and they've got to hide the kids. Yep. And the way that they hide the kids, it's a World War II metaphor. Yes. Because they're hiding them in, like... Bunkers. Oh, sorry, underground. And the grottos, and inside the... Ha- it's a World War II metaphor, except the child catcher, he looks anti-semitic it's the yeah you know it's the, the, the jewish stereotype exactly like the long nose uh, that sort of shit it, you know incredibly p- problematic but like like what's the point here you can't be racist towards like you can't be anti-semitic but then also have the whole point of this sequence be a world war ii yeah yeah well that's it that's <laughs> it right they're trying to offend everyone not just one person i'm like what the fuck is this but but before we get there, we should talk about what happens to start this big dream sequence and or fume-induced hallucination is they spot a yacht because they're at the beach, they're having a good time and they're about to leave, but they spot a yacht. And so the dad starts the story, but uh, like you get like a, a wavy mirage effect and the ship actually turns into the ship from Bulgaria led by this Baron von Nazi. And um, Okay, I can uh, just very quickly... Before we keep calling him a Nazi, <laughs> he did help Jews during the war. Oh, there we go. So he's he is a, he is okay. Woo! This guy's okay. We, we can like this person. We can like this. Thank guy. goodness we All don't right. have to delete the the last ten minutes of podcast. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> we can like Woo! this guy. He was a Nazi, but he but he also helped Jewish people escape. <laughs> okay, well that's that's good to know. That's good to know. So so what happens is they. That he like is making up the story and like they're on the beach, but then he makes up. Oh, but while we were watching the ship, we were encased in water. The tide came in while we weren't watching. Yeah, it. that was really cool. And then suddenly they're in the middle of the ocean, and it's like, oh no, how are we going to escape? But don't worry, chitty chitty bang bang turns into a boat. Yeah, it, infl- it inflates like a uh, a hovercraft sort of balloon underneath it, which I thought was kind of advanced thinking for their type. Obviously, they're just like an inflatable boat, but it kind of looks like a hovercraft, which would make more sense for an all-terrain vehicle. Yeah. I feel like James Bond probably had done this in the movies at this point yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, hovercrafts existed back then, right? So it's it's probable that they thought about that. Oh, man, the, the fuck... And this happens every time that they're in the car and something special is happening. The blue screen outline on them is so noticeable. Oh, yeah, it's very obvious. But, like, you know, it was it was back then. I, I thought it was funny. I like it. It doesn't take away from the movie. It's just extremely noticeable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's very noticeable and very funny. Yes. There's an action scene as they're shooting cannonballs at the car, which is pretty fun. Um, although, yeah, the Baron, after they escape, the Baron's like, we've got to send out our spies. Mm. We're going to send out our spies. It's Pinky and the Brain. That's the spies. Yeah, yeah. Except <laughs> one of them's got a Hitler stash. That's, that's what it is. Well, that wasn't quite out of style yet. No. Um, well, when we are in England, what do we do? We play cricket. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, we play... No, 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 we don't play cricket. What are you talking about? We need to we dress ha- up as Englishmen. Mm, indubitably, Basil, indubitably. Indubitably, Basil. <laughs> indubitably. 
<laughs> I yeah, like the spies. They're fun. Yeah, the, the spies uh, pretending to be non-British people to be British people is very good. They're the, the, like, I enjoy their performance a lot. I like as well how they're introduced and they're just in random air vents and then they crawl through the sea in the air vents. It's very funny. They are cartoon characters, though. Yes. You are right. They are Pinky and Brain because they literally have a cartoon moment where they try and blow up a bridge. <laughs> and, like, when they push the lever to blow up, they blow up instead of the TNT. It's, like, straight out of a cartoon. I mean, like they try and capture someone by putting, like, a fake tunnel map painting over the entrance of a tunnel to try and capture someone. Yeah, like, they literally do a cartoon move. Like, yeah, it's it's very cartoonish, very great, love that. But yeah, they had this whole, like, fake, fake tunnel, but then they're driving along and, like, so Chitty Chitty Bang Bang's gonna go through the tunnel and get captured, but... Truly Scrumptious's dad, um, Lord Scrumptious, he uh, drives up behind him and he's mad for some reason. So they pull out of the way of him and he goes in front and he gets captured by the two spies. Yeah. So they're like, well, we can't capture Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. We're just going to go kidnap the man. Mm, But before that, we get a song. Truly Scrumptious has her solo song, which is Lonely Lonely Man, which is a love ballad because kids told her that she should be in love and now she is. So here we get a love song. Yep. It's pretty, it's pretty good. I like it. Yeah, she's a good solo. Again, this was, this was the moment where I was like, I I really noticed how repetitive a lot of their music is. Yes. They just repeat the same thing a lot in this film, Mm. which I, I would say is a bit of a negative. But they, you know, it, there's there's bits, there's different bits, and the songs aren't bad. It's just like they're they're very repetitive, and that and I think that's a um, a consequence of this being like a child's film, like a kid's film. Is like they make the songs really repetitive, so they're easy for kids to remember and sing. Exactly. Uh, but this song and the Roses of Success are the two that are usually cut out of the movie when oh. it's showing on TV because oh. the movie's too long. So it's they cut true. this one and Roses out, which is a shame because I love Roses of Success. So that's a great. That's that's a banger. That's an absolute banger. But this song is also cut out of the stage version of it. This song's not in the stage one. They just cut the song out of pretty much everything but the movie, which is a shame. I would like them to have like a 30 second version of the song. You know, she she has like her little solo moment and then and then you can move on, right? Uh, so with the help of the Baron, the spies get in a Zeppelin uh, and they go to capture who they think is Professor Potts, but it's actually the grandpa. Because they're like, are you Mr. Potts? And he's like, well, yes, because obviously he would be a Mr. Potts because, of course, he's the dad and they have the same last name. I am from South Africa. Yes, that's Russian. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do the accent. Um, It's like British. You gotta go British, but then South African. Yeah, there we go. I am a British, but South African. That's the voice. That's it. That's that's the voice. You have to go British then South African. Oh, you saw him, Mr. Potts. Oh, oh yes. I'm going to go to India. I'm going to go to India, which I presume he 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 dresses up and then goes to a porta potty? Yeah, he goes to a porta no, not a porta potty an outhouse, I think. Or it's a chicken coop. Yeah. One of the two. <laughs> I think it's an outhouse next to the chicken coop because they share the same sewage so that they can put those on the plants or something. I agree, There's something I agree. there. But what's your theory of what he's doing? See, he's just having a wank. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's just what he's doing. I was, I was going to say the same thing. Man has just different magazines from different places. And he's like, today I'm going to wank to the, the Atlantic ladies, you know? Uh, uh, old men. <laughs> yep, yep. I like the part where he kicks a chicken out because they tie the outhouse and then start lifting it up from the zeppelin and he's above the ground and he kicks a chicken out i certainly hope that chicken survived oh yeah yeah, yeah, you know what i mean like i hope they were close enough to the ground so that chicken could land well uh chickens can slow their descent they can't fly but they can like sort of like flap about to make sure they don't fall too far so i'm pretty sure that chicken's fine either way at least we'll make a nice stew exactly Oh, 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 and he does drugs. He does weed. Oh, he 100% does. Oh, it's... No, weed wasn't introduced in... No, but, well, opium or whatever, you know, like, whatever was popular at the time. I feel like opium might have been around. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think that might have been a World War I thing? I don't know. Oh, don't you worry, Sandro. Opium was around. Bit of heroin. You know, remember, doctors apply that, you know? That's That's, true. That's that's what your medical thing... So what I'm saying, my my canon theory is he is getting high as a kite and, like, reading books. I agree. I agree with this consensus. I think it's uh, it's pretty spot on. But, yeah, he sings a song called Posh, which I really... I, I really like. Posh is... Ooh, Posh is my second favourite. Did I say anything else was my second favourite? Uh, or did I joke that something was my second favourite? You said Chitty Chitty Bang Bang might be your second favourite. Right, yeah. So, what's my first favourite again? Your first was... Uh, me Old Bamboo. Oh, Me Old Bamboo, yeah. So, I think you'll go Me Old Bamboo, Posh, and then Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. There we go. There we go. Top three. I think for me, it's... Hushabye Mountain, Meal Bamboo, and then Posh, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you yeah, go. Yeah. But I think Posh is great because it's it's just him. It's his solo number, but he, he smashes it he out. He smashes it. It's an absolute banger. Uh, it's like, because he, he's, he's like talking about how he's in like first class yes. because he's going around to all these different dictators and important people and he's like schmoozing with him because he's so important. Yeah. It's very funny. It's really good. Meanwhile, he's just being dipped in the ocean. The grandpa gets soaked uh, for no reason in this film. He just gets drenched. Uh, There's a scene earlier where there's just a hole in the roof. So he sleeps underneath the hole. And I'm like, surely you can move your bed to just a different corner of the room to not get drenched. (laughs) I mean, like, it's just like this poor old man. Yeah. That never gets resolved as well. No, they never fix the hole in his roof. Although I guess they maybe move later. Yeah, they get rich and move, but that's not shown in the film. We never get a resolution to that. We never, the man never apologizes and he never fixes the roof in the house. I'm just saying, that guy, the son, bit of a dick. Oh, 100%. Inventor pot, piece of shit. Yeah. Just saying it. They're all in chitty chitty bang bang. They see the grandpa being taken away, so they drive after him and drive off a cliff. And, they, and then they, they die. End of the movie. And then they die, and that's the end of the movie. At least my canon portion of the movie <laughs> is them dying in a, in a crash because the magic car drove them off a cliff. It is such a good cliffhanger. It's so, it's so sudden. It's a literal cliffhanger. It's so sudden. And then they do an anime recap where they replay that part of the movie as well. But... Oh, look at that. The magic car, it sprouts wings and they fly. And they fly to Vulgaria. And Vulgaria is the castle from the Great Race. I think it's the same one. Probably. I'm pretty sure it's the same one. Yeah. I wouldn't see why it wouldn't be. It looks exactly the same. The Baron is there. 
And also the Baron's wife, but the Baron hates his wife. Baron hates the Baroness. Baroness, oh, she's an absolute. Oh, I gotta, I gotta kill my wife because I hate my wife. Aside from the one scene where she dresses up in that sexy dress, that's the only scene where the, where the Baron gives her any attention. Yeah, but also doesn't he try and kill her in their scene? Yes, to he it? tries to kill her in that scene. Yes, he does. He tries to kill her. He sends her to the dungeon. Oh man. Fourth favorite song is uh, Baron singing Chudy Woody Chudy Fruity or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, it's-, it's called Chuchi Face. That's that song. Chuchi Face. You're my Chuchi Woochi. That is <laughs> such a non song. Just, just such a non song. Yeah, it doesn't need to be in the movie at all, but it is. It's very funny, though. It's very funny because the whole time they're like, you're my Chuchi Woochi, and the Baron's just trying to kill his wife. Yeah, it's just. It's. Ah. Uh... She gets nothing to do. It's great because, like, they have a scene where he, like, bumps a suit of armor mm-hmm. and, like, an axe falls, but it misses her. And he does that, like, oh, man, with his arm. He, like, swings his arm like, oh, shucks, I missed. But the armor in the background also does that motion, which is very funny, which leads me to believe that all these suits of armor, because we see later on someone else is in a suit, all the suits of armor in the film are filled with soldiers whose job is to stand there in suits of armor. Because later on, uh, our main character passes a weapon for one of the suits of armors <laughs> to hold, and it, like, grabs it off him and holds it for him. <laughs> yeah. Which is very funny. That's pretty funny. Uh, we get another song with the grandpa. He's taken to the dungeon, told to make the car... Um, there's a bunch of other, like, elderly-ish helpers down there. They all look like Merlin. Yeah, they all look like Merlin because they've been down there for 25 years. We get a bunch of quotes. We get, I came to fix the telephone. That was 24 years ago. Whoa. That was pretty good. This next one's problematic. Uh, I'm about to say something kind of problematic, but it's a joke in the movie, and... I want to point it out. Please take it out of context. Indeed. One of the characters, they're talking about how when they fail, yep, they are tortured, usually on a stretching rack. And one of them's like, yes, they stretch you. When I first came here, I was a midget. And he's the <laughs> tallest guy out of all of them, which is not, that's not how that works. Um, uh, it's, bad, it's a bad joke. Look. Look, they had to diss on the the Oompa Loompas at some point, right? You know. Oh, like- it is Roll Dahl. You're right. But then they get a song, "The Roses of Success." I like it. It's a banger. It's fun. Yep, that's a good one. And then yeah, they go. Uh, we go back to our main characters. They're in town. No kids in town. The Baroness has passed the law. No kids allowed. No kids anywhere. That's not a sustainable law. No, no, no one's gonna bang. No one's. Gonna- You're not gonna have a kingdom. Give it. Give it like. 20, 30 years, you don't have a kingdom anymore. Exactly. Everyone's died. Especially back then, health and safety didn't matter. Everyone's just gonna be dead. You're gonna run out of people. This must be a recent law. This has to be a recent law. Because there's no way they wouldn't have, rev- like, immediately, like, like in the next couple of weeks, just revolted and murdered everyone. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but then the soldiers come into town, and so everybody hides. Everyone hides. The child catches there he's like i want to find the kids that's not how he talks <laughs> yeah uh, that's exactly how he talks and um uh he could sniff out kids apparently yeah because of his massive anti-semitic nose that's yeah what. 
Um, and then uh, they go into the toy shop, yes. which is it's it's funny. They still have a toy shop because the toy maker makes toys for the Baron, mm-hmm. uh, which is funny because he's a man child. But then, uh, yeah, the, the 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 child catcher snoops around because he thinks the kid's there, but he finds four giant boxes. And the boxes spring out, and they're just jack-in-the-boxes <laughs> with our main characters pretending to be jack-in-the-boxes. Reading some fun facts here about the uh, about the child catcher. Um, oh, no. The actor, Sir Robert Helpman, who was an Australian ballet dancer, yep. he apparently uh, was pretty helpful on set. Um, he kept uh, helping... The kids, because the director would keep swearing at them, because, you know, it's the 60s, directors don't know how to work with kids. Uh, So he was always like, oi, stop talking to the kids like that. Good. fucking rude director. Fuck yeah, Australia, standing up. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's very ironic that the child catcher actor is the one helping out the kid, <laughs> like defending yeah, the yeah. kids. Yeah. I mean, it makes, yeah. it, it kind of makes sense because he's the one that's going to have to work with them as well, right? So... That is funny. The kids are captured because the child catcher dresses up as a lolly man. Yeah, that seems kind of funny. A, a I like sweet that. salesman, and he, uh, even after being told to stay indoors, the the child catcher is like sweets for sale. I'm selling sweets and candy and ice cream and tarts and stuff. And the kids are like, "We trust you completely," even though we literally saw you before. As the child catcher, which was trying to capture me, we're going to come out and be captured by you. And that's where you learn uh, child stranger danger. Don't trust uh, men with carriages. There's a pretty funny scene where they find the car. They bring the car back to the castle. They get the grandpa out to start up the car. And he's just pushing random buttons and shit. And he ends up ejecting the baroness just into the sky and then the baron gets his rifle out and goes to shoot her <laughs> yeah, yeah he's taking pot shots which was very funny he's like well done mr inventor an ingenious work i've been looking forward to this for years i would now shoot my wife i'm gonna shoot my wife it's so stupid it's very um, dumb hashtag boomer humor but Mr. Potts and Truly Scrumptious, they sneak into the child grotto, which is where they keep in all the kids. Absolutely. It's very Peter Pan vibes, so much so that there is a kid called Peter, which is Lull. very funny. Lull. And they conduct a plan to save everyone around the Baron's birthday. And this was when I just kind of lost interest at this point. I was like, eh, I'm kind of bored now. Oh, <laughs> uh, Yeah. I liked the whole, like, the toy maker comes in and he has, like, toys, quotation marks, which are just the uh, the main two, uh, Truly Scrumptious and Mr. Potts. I think what I would have done is I would have had them fix the car, yeah. realize the car can fly, accidentally drive to a magical land, and then stuff starts happening. Oh, okay. But the fact that this is framed as a story that the dad's telling, I don't think gives me enough reason to care. I, I, I was fine with it. I, I I was I was fine. They they all attack. All the kids storm the castle. All the kids attack the Baron. They attack the kid catcher. Everyone kills everyone. Yeah, they capture him. Truly ironic that the kid catcher now gets catched by the kids. By the kids, which was pretty funny. Mm. I don't know. I don't think the action's great. great. No, they just kind of storm everything. 
again, I liked the scene where he's like holding a weapon, but then he needs both his hands, so he passes a weapon over to a suit of armor, and it just yes. it takes it from him and holds it from him. That's very funny. And then later on, I think we see the the them like bonk the head of someone, the armor, and it's revealed there's like a child inside. And then um, yeah, they just escape. They drive off. I who's in control of the country now? I guess the kids. I don't know. Or the toy maker. Well, they perform a red. Uh, revolution. So what happens after, which we don't see, is the execution. Now the execution of the Baron and the Baroness, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, which happens. Which, uh, in the uncut scene, this wasn't in the movie, but you see the Baron's like, well, at least my wife finally dies. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, can I bloody watch? Could you bring me a let me watch, please? Yeah, C- can I pull the string? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate my wife. I hate my wife. That's in the. That's definitely a cut scene from the movie. We didn't make that up. And then yeah, the story ends. They're back in England, and then the kids are like, "Are you two gonna get married?" And he's like, "Oh, absolutely not. We're poor, and she's rich. That's how the world works." And she's like, "We could get married, you bitch!" And she storms off. <laughs> Um, and then he's like, oh, oh, and then they go home. But then, but then the twist. Oh my God. This is such a big twist. It's such a massive twist. We haven't seen a twist this massive since the twist ending of Lassie. Whoa. Because it's the same twist. Yeah. The, the Baron comes around and the Baron actually knows the granddad. They were part of the same regiment. And then uh, the Baron's like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm buying your sweets anyway, because we're going to sell them to the dogs. We're going to sell them as dog candy. And only then is Mr. Dick like, oh, well then I should probably make up to your daughter. And then he goes and is like, I'll love you, we'll get married. Yeah, because now he now he's going to be wealthy and therefore it's okay for the wealthy to get rich to the to get married to the uh the rich you know that's right because it would be improper for poor people to get married to rich people exactly so they kiss which means they got to get married and yep. then they they get in the car and it flies into the sky what is the reality yeah end of the movie were they telling a story were the was the car magical who knows were they huffing fumes were they huffing fumes i think the huffing fumes is the best explanation because <laughs> they're back in the car right and that's when the magic starts again so it only it happens be. when they're in the car it only happens when they're in the car it must be their huffing fumes that's very funny hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands and the best part they're all about safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order that's quince.com slash upgrade This is your beginner's call. All creatives to the Playhouse. I repeat, welcome to the Playhouse. Hey there, I'm Brooke Edwards. And I'm Chelsea August. And we are your hosts for The Playhouse, our new arts and entertainment podcast that opens the costume box and unravels all of the goodies in the industry. From the makers who brought you Theatre House, your digital platform for all reviews, news and information, comes our next venture, which brings you right behind the scenes and connects you with creatives worldwide. We are bringing the arts sector together to chat about the industry with all the issues that are important to you and all the tips and 
tricks from professionals to take you to the next level. We hope you come along for the ride, step into the house and enjoy this great new show by Theatre House and That's Not Canon Productions. Don't forget to head on over to theatrehouse.com and give us a follow on Instagram at either Playhouse Pod or Theatre House. That's House H-A-U-S. We'll see you at the Playhouse. And see. All right, we're going to come up with our own remake of this movie before we wrap this thing mm. up. We've got to remake this bad boy. Uh, there's so many characters. Yeah, obviously, uh, truly scrumptious and Mr. Potts and Grandpa Potts. Mm-hmm. All of them probably... The children as well? Uh, I don't know if there's the... We, we could just get some generic child actors in. We do, you know. Yeah, we'll just get... Gen- I can't, like, because that's the thing is, like, kids that can sing, we don't, like, all the kids that I can think of are now too old. Because yeah, that's the problem. Because I've heard of them, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to get some fresh, some fresh children <laughs> <laughs> in, this, in this movie. That's disgusting. Quote and quote. <laughs> So I think, uh, yeah, we do Mr. Potts, Truly Scrumptious, the Grandpa, the Baron, I guess. Yep. Uh, and uh, Lord Scrumptious. Or the Child Catcher. I, I think Lord Scrumptious is a better, less problematic character. <laughs> I say, hear me out, Sergio. We just get rid of that character entirely. Or the Toy Maker. We could, we could do the, the Toy Maker. Oh, the Toy Maker could be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Either, any one of those. My thoughts, if we were going to do the child catcher, is we could get Colin Farrell and put him back in the penguin makeup from the Batman, <laughs> and he could just be the child catcher. <laughs> yeah, 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 that, that works. I mean, that could be our un, uncredited character in our little segment here. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Here's my first thoughts. When we got, uh, when I was like, okay, who are we going to remake this with? My first thought for the dad yep. was Randall Park. From he's in Marvel. He's um Jimmy Woo. Oh, I love Randall Park. Yeah, yeah. He's good in some rom coms. He can rap really, really well. Oh, he can. He's a really good rapper. Awesome. Okay, yeah. I see Randall Park. Absolutely. He he's fun. He has a great smile. I love his smile. And and he's also not the main character in enough things. He's always yeah. a side guy. I think. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't had enough uh, lead roles. He was in One Division, which was quite good. He's great in that. He was in The Office for one episode where he pretends to be one of the other characters, which is very funny. He's great in a rom com called Always Be My Maybe, which has an extended cameo from Keanu Reeves playing himself as an ab. Just the worst. He's the worst. Yeah. And then he's got a song in that m- movie called I Want to Punch Keanu Reeves or something. <laughs> it's a great song. It's an absolute banger. That That's great. Oh, yeah. I think I've seen clips from that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad he's in the MCU because, yeah, he de- he definitely deserves more work. Okay. Mm. My my only thought for this one, my, my one was Hugh Jackman because- I mean, he's a song and dance man. Yeah, he is a song and dance man. And that's the reason for it. Obviously, I've pulled the Hugh Jackman card a few times because he's a great actor, great person, and Australian. Oh, you know what I've just thought of? What? We go across the pond, New Zealand actor for the Baron, who was in Les Mis with Hugh Jackman. We get Russell Crowe to be the Baron. (gasps) People don't like how he sings. I like how he sings. Yeah, no, Russell Crowe as the Baron is is just a great choice. That's great. He's like that perfect age yeah. for like Baron, but also he can sing, yeah. you know, and he could <laughs> him him singing Choochie Woochie or whatever would be very funny. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I like I like these picks so far. We've got great picks. Randall Park is is good. Is good. Like Hugh Jackman would have been my one, but I think I think Russell Park deserves to be in more things. So I agree. I want to know. Um, can Kat Dennings sing? She's also in Wonder Vision. She plays Darcy in all of the the Thor movies. Oh yeah, <laughs> she could be a pretty funny, truly scrumptious. Yeah. I like her. She's funny. I don't know if she can sing. She could do some, yeah, she could do some good comedy with that being called Truly Scrumptious. Be like, that's a dumb name. (laughs) That would be quite funny. I do like that. Although that is funny that you've got Randall Park and her who are both in the MCU in WandaVision. I don't know if she can sing. Yeah, I don't know. She has sung apparently in a movie before, but she's not really a singer. Yeah. But also it's fine because we can dub her. Um, I was thinking Kristen Bell was my pick, which is a weird pick, but hear me out. I That's not a weird pick at all. She's great. Yeah, she's she's great. And also she was Anna in Frozen, which has singing. So she can sing. She's also hilarious. There was a TV show yeah. last year called The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window, which was a parody <laughs> of, like, airplane books that your mum reads. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And she's hilarious in that, so. That is, that's a <laughs> hilarious title. But yeah, I can see it there. Woman in the House Across from the Street from the Girl in the Window. That's, that's very funny. She's just watching one of these stupid stories play out. That's very funny. It is a hilarious parody. I think Christian Bell's a really good pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's my pick. I think she would do really well. And she would do do great to mock that Truly Scrumptious. Yeah, no, definitely. I would like her to have, like, she was called Truly Scrumptious, but she legally changed her name or something. <laughs> That's funny. We've got to go for Steve Martin as the granddad. Oh, Steve Martin. Oh, he would make a great dad, granddad. Oh, look at, oh, what a, what a granddad. What a, ah, uh, what a, what a great granddad. Yes. I think Steve Martin as the granddad is great. Oh, and then we can have Martin Short as the toy maker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, that's funny. <gasps> Jackie Chan as Grandpa Potts. Oh, Jackie Chan. Yeah, 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 yeah. That. Oh, that's funny. That's great. He'd be so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Jackie Chan. There we go. Wait, he's working on the new Karate Kid movie, apparently? That's cool. That makes sense. Why not? That Why makes not? sense. Bring it back. Um, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love... I love uh jackie chan i think he would be really good i'm thinking that like scene where the um where the the like thing gets taken away he could be like fighting off bad guys and then like he's climbing on the outside of it as it's flying you know like some some real stunts like granddad doesn't give no shits that's pretty good that's pretty good uh and then for a toy maker for a toy maker for all i've got an idea for a toy maker I don't think we've actually cast her in anything this year. Maya Rudolph is very funny and just has toy maker vibes. I don't know. She's just got the vibes of a toy maker and she can sing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. She could be the she could be the toy maker. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. I like that. I don't think the I don't think the toy maker ever sings though. We'll we'll make a new song because if <laughs> we don't make a new song, Zach, the movie can't be nominated for an Oscar. Of course, of course. I forgot. The whole point of remaking your old Disney fi- I mean yeah. films is to put a one song in so they can nominate it for shit. You need to put a new song in by Beyonce in The Lion King. That's bad. Who directs this? I don't know. Uh, Jonathan Favreau. John Favreau. John Favreau. I love John Favreau. Yep. 
who also directed the live action Lion King. I don't love that movie, but I love no, Iron Man. But John Favreau is actually pretty good. <laughs> he's, he's the Mandalorian, Boba Fett. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize John Favreau directed that. That's very funny because I was going to be like, haha, it's the Lion King director. But actually, I kind of want John Favreau to direct this now. I love John Favreau. He's great. Boom. I mean, done. I love his remake of The Jungle Book. I think it's better than the original. Uh, yes, I know you're wrong. And uh, we can we can hang you for this. We we can put you in the dungeon for this. That's our remake of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Uh, I I mean I mean just Randall Park as the main character in a musical where he does a rap. I love it. I want to watch it. Oh yeah, we could we can, at one point we could have it so it starts off as a musical. It's like ah, mm. but then it goes yeah, and it's a it's a rap. That's when he uh fights off the like guards or something. <laughs> sure, you know? why not? He write rap battles. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the entire episode. Thanks so much for listening to the episode of Bug Goody. If you like the show, we're on Facebook, Instagram, at Oldie But A Goody Pod. We're on YouTube. Leave us a comment as to why Chitty Chitty Bang Bang isn't racist, and we'll laugh at you. What else? What else? We're on patreon.com forward slash oldie buddy goodie pod. Up there right now is a new review of the Dario Argento film opera, Italian horror. It was voted in and I forgot that I even put it up as an option. But out <laughs> on Wednesday, we're going back to our trashy roots with Friday the Ooh. 13th part seven, The New Blood. <gasps> the new blood. Oh, what does that mean? Uh, uh, probably they got new actors in, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I think Tommy is no longer in the movies and we get new main characters now. I think that's what it means. I'm not sure. Yeah, look, I liked original Tommy and like the first grown up super jacked Tommy. He was fun. Who was like semi psycho killer. Like that was fun. Most recent Tommy, no good. No good. No. Uh-uh. I mean, it's bad. It's a good movie, but he's not a good Tommy. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So I'm glad I'm glad they're, they're, sh- they're shelving Tommy and moving on to something. Greater and bloodier. Uh, this movie's terrible, but we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, That's out on Wednesday on Patreon. Um, we should also reveal, Zach, what we're doing next year on the show. <gasps> what? That's right, that's right. We know what we're doing as we teased last week. We know what we're doing. Uh, Zach, next year on the show, drumroll, please. We're doing the same thing that we were doing this year, except Woo! we're going from the 70s up to 2000, the year 2000. Whoa! Year 2000, yes. So we're climbing our way to the 2000s. Wow, that's... Yeah, we're a- not stopping this format yet. We're not We're not stopping the format. No, no. But after that, we're going to do something a little bit different. That's right, because you might be like, well... 1970 to 2000 that's only what 31 episodes that's true you guys usually do more than that that's true we're doing less episodes than usual next year but we do have a new format that we're going to test out near near the end of next year which i'm very excited for yeah yeah it's gonna be exciting i'm looking forward to this new format yeah things will change it's not like any format we've done before it literally isn't actually which is gonna be very fun yeah 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 i think because every every year we've done like uh, we started off with doing just a year. Yes. This year we've mixed it up by doing like one movie per year. Yes. We've been all about dedicating to specific years and doing it in a specific way. 
this time, it doesn't follow any specific rules. No. It's, it can go wild. It can go crazy. It will go wild and crazy. And then we'll probably rein it back in after we're like, this was a terrible idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> we're going to do it. Um, we are going to be taking all of January off. We'll be releasing a bunch of Patreon episodes up there um, on, on, on the main feed. I'm thinking maybe the Evil Dead movies will drop all those. Mm. Could be fun. Could be fun. Not sure. But yeah, uh, we got one more episode left this year though and it is out on christmas day <gasps> what christmas day that's right a christmas miracle a christmas gift and so i've got to pick what movie we're doing on that bloody episode oh okay all right well this is this is gonna be an interesting choice the year is 1969 1969 nice what a what a year to end it all on indeed um, so we've got uh, some some interesting choices. You got like Easy Rider. Oh, I know that movie. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, two Harley riding hippies completing a drug deal in Southern California. Well, that could be fun. We've got the original, the Italian Job Ooh. with Michael Caine. Michael Caine's got to steal some. He's got to steal some gold. Ooh. That's not his voice at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm Michael Caine. I've got to steal some gold. Lol. I steal some gold. Got Alice's Restaurant. Oh, they shoot horses, don't they? Mm. I've heard of that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's a that's a long title. I've heard of that. I think it's a. I think it's a. Is it a? Is it a horror film or is it a western? There's a lot of westerns. I'm having a look here. Are all these top movies like The Wild Bunch, Midnight Cowboy? Support your local sheriff. <laughs> Support your local sheriff. There's a lot of westerns. There's a whole lot of westerns. You know what? That's interesting, Sandro, because I don't have we done a western for this year? Uh no. And Sandro, I I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but westerns were the most popular thing for out most of the last decades we've we've been through. You got a good point. Maybe we should finish off the year with a with a western. All right. Well, what westerns do we have here? Oh, uh, we got loads of westerns. Two jump out at me. Two jump out at me. Oh yeah. True Grit. Ah uh, yes, True Grit, obviously, which is a classic. Yeah. John Wayne. He sucks. Good cowboy though. Mm. True Grit jumps out at me, and also. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I've always wanted to watch that one. Whoa, whoa, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know which one I'd like to do, though. Wait, Sandra, hear me out. Hear me out. I'm hearing. My ears are open. Hear me out. I'm hearing. <laughs> I'm glad. It would be bad if you lost that ability right as I went to suggest this last thing we do for the end of the year. <laughs> that would be terrible. Hear me out, Sandra. What if? What if we do both of them <gasps> as the final episode of the year on the Christmas special? We for the Christmas themed special, we do two <laughs> westerns, a bonus battle. I mean, yeah, Christmas. You think Christmas? You think cold? You think snow? Yep. You think westerns? You think hot? You think dry? Absolutely. I like this. Boom. Subverting expectations. This will be an Australian Christmas next. Oh next yeah, episode. yeah. Take that, Americans, with your snow and Christmas and bullshit. We're in Australia. This is peak of summer. We're hot. We're dusty. We're 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 fucking dying out here. Man, you want to do a bonus battle, True Grit versus Butch Cassidy. Wow. Oh. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, we'll do that next week. Uh, Zach, I've got to go land on the moon. I've got to go get out of here. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. 
I was gonna ask, like, I'm in a spaceship right now. Yes. Is this the uh, this is the Apollo eight? Yes, Apollo eight. And you're landing on the moon? Like, wait, what is happening? The Russians landed on the moon in 1959. Like, it's fine. Yeah. And look, look, everyone knows that. Like, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> but like. Wow. Okay. You're 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 doing some stuff. I guess I'll have to find out what you're doing uh, next time. That's right. Next time on Oldie But a Goodie. Uh, theme tune. <laughs> 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 <laughs>